Well, depending on when you're watching or listening to this, the trade deadline's probably come and gone. And no surprise, the Warriors did nothing. I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why that is potentially a good thing. I'm going to explain to you what options the Warriors have because right now they need they might need a little help. Dieter Kurnbach was supposed to join me. A scheduling snafu has presented has prevented that. He's going to join me back tomorrow. But I got the helm. Let's do this. Locked on Warriors, baby. Come join me. I'm Cyrus Sotsis. Follow me on Twitter, DocSurf Roadshow. Follow this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. And stay tuned for the program. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Again, I'm Cyrus Sotzes. You can follow me on Twitter at DocsRFrocho. Dieter Kurtenbach was supposed to join me today, uh, but we had an unusual scheduling snafu. So we, we share this platform that we record all our shows on with three other shows, one of those being uh, the Locked On Kings show. And they've had so much craziness going on with that absolutely moronic owner of theirs uh, and, and the trades they've been conducting. Look, they won last night. Big effing deal. Doesn't mean a thing. Um, but nonetheless, he, 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 he poached our time. Uh, he encroached on us, and, and Dieter had other commitments, so I had to start recording this later than usual. Uh, but Dieter will be back with me tomorrow, and he's got a great new column for the San Jose Mercury News pertaining to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, definitely be sure to check that out. So the Warriors, uh, first of all, last night, that was rough. Um, you know, it, I don't know if it was expected. Maybe it was. I mean, we're really planning, expecting the Warriors to beat the Utah Jazz three straight times this year. It might have been asking for a lot, um, but at the same time, the they got shellacked. Uh, Bogdanovich was making, I feel like, every single three he threw up. Um, I mean, the Jazz were just hungrier. I mean, that was a Warriors team that just did not have uh, the look of a champion, at least for one night. The urgency was not there. Um, is there any reason to panic from that game? No. Is it a bummer that they're not going to go into the All-Star break with a 14-game winning streak? Yeah. Uh, but there was some interesting things after the game said, uh, especially by Stephen Curry and uh, by Steve Kerr. Uh, they made some comments about the trade deadline and whether or not the Warriors are going to be uh, active, whether they were going to make any moves. Um, and I want to play some of that sound for you. But basically, the Warriors, um, and again, if you're by the time you're listening or watching this, the trade deadline's probably passed, and you know that they've done nothing. Um, here's the bottom line. They couldn't do anything. The Warriors were in a position where they had no options when it comes to trades. Uh, because the bottom line is, who were you going to trade? Um, Jonathan Kaminga? Heck no. The last two guests I've had on this program, I threw out the hypothetical trade of Kevin Durant for Jonathan Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins. Both my guests, I believe it was Kevin Dana and Connor Letourneau, said no, they would not make that trade. The reason why I was proposing that trade in the first place was because that's what the Kevin Durant trade back in 2019 ended up being. That's who they got back. I know originally it was D'Angelo Russell, but at the end, when all said and done, 
Durant left, and we got Andrew Wiggins, who's an all-star starter, and we got, and I say we, I really actually hate saying that pertaining to a team that I like. The Warriors got Andrew Wiggins, again, an all-star starter, and they got Jonathan Kaminga, a man who maybe Connor Letourneau got a bit too excited about him <laughs> during a... Uh, was that yesterday's show when he said he could be a future Hall of Famer? You might be jumping the gun a little bit, Connor. Love you, brother. But he has a point. The potential is there. And at this at, at this point we're in now, I'm sorry for that, but two and a half years later after that trade, and I think most Warriors fans would agree, no, you don't you don't get KD back if you're giving up Wiggins and Kaminga. You're not trading Kaminga for anyone at this point. Anyone. I really can't think of a single player you would trade him for at this moment. Maybe Luka Doncic? Maybe. I mean, he's young. But I I can't really think of many players that I would trade him for. So who are you going to trade? Moses Moody, who's now starting to show all the promise we were hoping? A player who's going to be an integral part of the team's future? No. Are you going to trade uh, Bielitsa? Who wants him? He was available for the vet men. You're going to trade Damian Lee? Who wants him? Another veteran men. The Warrior, I mean, the only player that, the name that constantly comes up is James Wiseman, who has no trade value. He hasn't played in nearly a year. No one has any idea what he's going to look like when he comes back. So there is no one to trade. You could have maybe traded a draft pick. For those of you who absolutely hate me now for bringing up Paul Millsap's name every time, which, by the way, newsflash, Millsap was part of the trade to the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll talk about that and all the other trades that happened today in a moment. But, uh, you know, I would have thought, hey, maybe a second round pick for Paul Millsap. OK, but that was really the only trade I could think of. And, and you could trade draft picks for minimum contracts. So the Warriors stood pat and. um they talked about it after last night's jazz game a little bit. And I'm going to play some of that sound um, because they kind of elaborated on the why there is like a lack of activity. Uh, here is Stephen Curry. And this is courtesy of uh, Mark Haynes, my buddy, great reporter. Uh, and here's Steph on all the talk about, uh, about the Warriors making a trade. Are you in talk with, with Bob in the front office at all this week? Uh, uh. Oh, hold on. Let me see if I did something wrong here. The sound was not working. Let me try this one more time. Um, oh, here, that's why. So there's here is again one more time uh, from Mark Haynes' Twitter account. Stephen Curry talking about the Warriors make a trade after this was last night after the loss of the Utah Jazz. Are you in talk with, with Bob in the front office at all this week? No. Uh, <laughs> Our core guys, in terms of if there's any type of conversation going on, so it's usually how it goes. Considering that it sounds like they haven't, I mean, you expect it to be quiet for you guys at the deadline? Uh, for the most part, yeah. That would be the expectation. Second in the West, really good record. We've had some bad nights. We have some things we need to get better at. We understand that we're not. Uh, playing championship basketball every night, but we have shown and demonstrated that. So yeah. I love the fact that uh, 
the vibe in our locker room is kind of what it is after a loss. You know, we're going one nine straight, more than like ten. Everybody's feeling it. We usually respond pretty well. And then you address certain glaring issues. All right, that was Stephen Curry. I hope you could hear the audio of that. Um, again, talking about the deadline. And then one more audio clip that I want to share with you. Um, this was also after the Jazz game. This was uh, Steve Kerr um, also talking about uh, the Warriors' activity or lack thereof at the trade deadline. Um, so here is Steve Kerr. This is courtesy of uh, NBC Sports Bay Area. Um, talking about the trade deadline. This clip is is shorter than uh, Stephen Curry's. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's expecting anything, but um, you never say never. I mean, I, I've, I've been around long enough to know that, uh, you know, things can happen. And so as a player, you know, you, you were, I was never comfortable until after the deadline ended. Um, I'm sure our guys feel the same way. It's just natural to feel that way. But, uh, you know, we feel good about our team. Uh, 41 and 14, uh, hopefully getting some guys back um, you know, here in the next few weeks and, and uh, have, a, have a good run down the stretch and into the playoffs. So that's that's the plan, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. And that was Steve Kerr following the, the Warriors' loss uh, to the Utah Jazz. And we'll play some more sound. And when I come back, I'm going to really go into detail as to what the Warriors can do. Um uh, what Steve Kerr also said, not in that sound clip, but he uh, did say it uh, during his uh, post-game press conference, and it was a, it, the attribution really popped out to me. Steve Kerr said that his team looks small out there against the Utah Jazz. Uh, buddy, your teams look small the entire season. Um, your starting center is 6'9", and is not a natural center. Uh, Bielitsa, who's the second tallest player, also 6'9". Your tallest guys are 6'9". In the NBA landscape, that's just not tall. That's just not that big. It's, it's, it's not a height for shot blocking. Jonathan Kaminga, who a lot of people mention could be like their reserve center at a whopping 6'8". This is not a big team. Um, and when I come back, we'll delve into what the Warriors could do if they're going to do anything. But first, let's talk about one of our very longtime sponsors of the program, Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. So the Warriors had no one to offer in a trade, right? We just went that over that a minute ago. Like, who are you going to actually throw out there in a deal? Like Serge Ibaka, for example, was, was traded today. Would the Warriors love him? Yes. 
But what are you going to offer for him? He commanded, he was making, I think, like, excuse me, close to $10 million a year. When you make a trade in the NBA, salaries have to match or come within 75% of the value. So meaning whatever you're going to send back to the Clippers had to represent approximately $7.5 million or higher, up to $12.5 million. And who were the Warriors going to send for that to get Serge Ibaka? You're not trading Kevon Looney at this point. I mean, unless it's like an all-star center, you are not giving up one of the most reliable Ironmen of this team, a guy who has not missed a single game all season. And he's making about $5 million a year. So you'd still need to add other players on top of him. And that's whether or not the Clippers would even want him. So they had no one to trade for anybody, really, right? So I'm going to read off real quick some of the trades that happened today. Uh, the big trade of the day, obviously, and I'll get into what the, who the Warriors are going to be um, pursuing here very soon, uh, or what they could do, rather, really soon here. So... Courtesy of ESPN, these are the new starting lineups for the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers, who did pull off the trade. Um, you know, Dork Elvis lost, I feel like, this trade, just in the sense that you gave up Seth Curry and you gave up two first-round picks. But the Brooklyn Nets, are, to me, are still not a championship contender because all they did is swap out one guy who potentially is incredibly talented but has no heart for another guy who can't shoot, but I don't know if you really need shooting. You do need his height, his athleticism, and Ben Simmons and his ball handling. I mean, because Harden really fit in with the Nets in terms of that point guard position. But you also got another guy who also has no heart, no disrespect. But if you're going to be a world championship contending team, you need that alpha dog. You need that one guy that's going to say, give me the ball, back off, and who also can command the huddle, who can also command the locker room, also be that calming presence on the team and not let big moments get to him. Brooklyn has no one who fits that criteria. Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players ever, but he's not a guy who's going to lead your team to a championship. He needs that alpha dog. He needs the Stephen. Curry slash Draymond Green doesn't have that. Kyrie Irving still is only playing half the games. And that is just not consistent enough to translate to championships. LaMarcus Aldridge is old. He's slow defensively. I just don't see that as being a championship team. Now, the Philadelphia 76ers, who I do feel like, even though they gave up Seth Curry and those first-round picks, there might have been someone else, too. Talent-wise, when I look at their starting five, their bench, I think they are now a championship contender in the Eastern Conference simply because they have Joel Embiid. He is the guy who has that mental toughness you need to win a championship. James Harden doesn't. James Harden can score. James Harden has ball-handling skills. James Harden, if you're Philly fans, hopes is not running to a Philly cheesesteak uh, shack after every game. Because, dude, you got to lose that weight, bro. you got to lose it. You're chubby. Um, but Philly, to me, is now a potentially championship-contending team. That is a talented starting five. And what concerns me about the Warriors is I still strongly believe 
that the West is theirs to lose. There is no one else in the West that truly scares me as someone who wants the Warriors to actually win this whole thing. No disrespect to the Suns. No disrespect to the Grizzlies. Two amazing, fantastic teams. The Warriors are just superior. Now, come NBA Finals time, I've been saying the whole time, from the moment I've been starting to, to host this podcast to now, that the two threats out of the East, the two best teams out of the East, and I've been saying this actually as long as I've been doing media, uh, I've been talking to Rick Barry about this for many months now, that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat are 1-2 in terms of the best teams in the Eastern Conference come playoff time. I did not see any other team in the East being a threat to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, now the Philadelphia 76ers concern me a little bit just because they have a second superstar alongside Joel Embiid. As much as I've criticized James Harden, he is an incredible scorer. And now he's on a team who not only has size, but has size with incredible talent in both Embiid and to a much less lesser extent, Tobias Harris, who is a good player. Not a great player, but he's still a very good player. Definitely paid, but he's solid. And... Harden isn't expected to be the alpha dog. He's not expected to be the top guy. That's Embiid. So if the Warriors play the 76ers in the NBA Finals, who's guarding Embiid? Who's manning up on him? I think the Warriors already played them twice this year, and I think they split the two games. Losing one of them, by the way, but even the one they won was not easy. Philly played them tough. Now, granted, Seth Curry played a huge part in that, and he's not there, but who do you guard if you're the war? I mean, who's guarding Embiid if you're the Warriors? Kevon Looney, as much as I love what he's been doing this year, is not that guy. Bielitsa, who we haven't seen in weeks now, and he better come back soon. His absence, especially last night, was felt. But he's not guarding Embiid. So the only hope right now the Warriors have is James Wiseman. That's it. And he hasn't played a single minute this year. The, the, the absolutely optimistic, hopeful projection for him coming back to play right now is three weeks. That's because he started doing three-on-three -three drills. He hasn't been doing that once during this whole recovery process. That's a good sign. And Connor Letourneau again reported that. But you're counting on a second-year player who's, what, 19 still? Uh, I don't think he's 20 yet. Correct me with, what, 25 games under his belt, and he might get another 20 this year maybe before the playoffs start? You're counting on him to guard Embiid? That worries me a little bit. All right? That does worry me a little bit. And so what, are the, what can the Warriors do right now? Well, they can't add anyone. What I've been learning over the last few weeks, I decided to start studying what turns out to be incredibly complex <laughs> rules of the NBA sets when it comes to roster openings and and uh, the disabled player ex exemption uh, is that even if they applied for that for Wiseman that disabled player exemption you can't replace a roster spot for him you can that's just salary cap relief so Joe Cal Joe Lacob could save some millions if they did that but it would mean Wiseman wouldn't play for the rest of the year you'd have to prove he can't come back before June 15th anyways and you can't prove that right now because he's looking good so the only option you have 
is to add a player and cut a player. That's it. Some some Warriors fans bring up the two-way deal, right? Like Chioza or uh, Weatherspoon. But you can only replace them with another two-way player. Uh, uh, Kevin Dan was on the show uh, earlier this week talking about their options in the G League. And there really just aren't a lot of options. The Warriors have one player taller than 6'6", on their Santa Cruz squad. They just recently traded Jordan Bell. So the only option I can see outside of some mystical big man somewhere in the G League that the Warriors could trade for and then swap the two-way deal with a Chioza or Weatherspoon. Outside of doing that, the only option I see the Warriors doing is finding a big in the buyout market, which is coming up fairly soon. That usually happens after the the trade deadline. Uh, players buy out. I'm sorry, teams buy out players uh, who are typically at the end of contracts, knowing that they're not going anywhere with this player, and for the sake of helping that individual out, they cut them loose early so they don't have a distraction on their own team. So the buyout market to me is really the only place the Warriors might find success. And then I don't know who they pick up because we don't know who's going to be available yet. Um, I've heard mixed things about Tristan Thompson. Dieter loves that idea. Connor hates that idea. Uh, Larry Kruger also loved that idea. I personally wouldn't mind it if they're confident in him not being a major distraction to what has been the Warriors' most valuable variable this season, and that's chemistry. If he's not messing that up, great. If he is, no, you don't bring him in. You got to find someone else. But that's the only option, folks. And in future weeks, we're going to come up with some names for you. But the Warriors, the only way they're going to get big is if they find one out there as a free agent. And that leaves the other decision of who to cut. And you really have three options. I mean, I think that part is obvious. It's either going to be JTA, Juan Toscano Anderson. It's either going to be Damian Lee or it's going to be Bielitsa. Dieter said Damian Lee is the, op- is the obvious choice. On paper, yes, just because you're trying to get bigger. You probably have enough offense to survive without him. But cutting him could hurt the chemistry aspect just because he is Steph's brother-in-law. He does seem to get along with everyone on the team. He does have some great shooting nights. And I just don't think the Warriors are going to be willing to cut him. So when I come back, I'm going to discuss those other two guys, Bielitsa and JTA, and which one will be cut if the Warriors decide to add another big. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto chain parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, for example, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Example being the Honda Odyssey. A Honda Odyssey fuel pump at a chain store is $353 from Rock Auto. 216. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com 
right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com you are locked on warriors your daily golden state warriors podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, So just to wrap up what I was talking about in terms of the Warriors and what they can do in the market. They're going to have to cut a player. It's probably not going to be Damian Lee just because of chemistry reasons. It's probably not going to be JTA just because of his local connections. He's likable on the team. Um, He can be streaky, but he has his moments. Um and he's been with the team for like two years now. So I think if you're going to cut a player for another big, it's probably going to have to be Bielitsa. I don't disagree with Dieter, who, again, is going to join me tomorrow. But I don't disagree with him that Damian Lee's the obvious choice for who to cut. Just because if you're cutting Bielitsa, you're basically cutting one big for another. But Bielitsa better come back soon and remind everyone he's a part of this. He can contribute. And he has his moments. I actually like Bielitsa's postgame a lot. Um, when he's not heaving up like threes, which for a, a brief moment there during that little slump the Warriors were experiencing, yeah, he was just shooting up horrible shots. Um, and then clearly the coaching staff got to him because now you're seeing him playing in the paint mostly again and uh, you know collecting valuable rebounds, um, scoring easy buckets. But uh, if you could find a better big and one who can defend and be tight if the Warriors make the finals, which I really feel confidently that they're going to, um, you might have to do it. Now, if you're asking me what my prediction is, my prediction is they stand pat. My prediction is they don't do a thing. They hope Wiseman comes back. Uh, Wiseman gets some experience during the regular season. And hopefully Wiseman can take up 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes in the postseason against a team like the Sixers when they're going to really need size and, and really, the only the main issue I had with Wiseman last year, I mean, his numbers weren't horrible for a rookie with only three college games under his belt. Um, my, my Really, my, my biggest issue with him was just he defensively, he got into a lot of foul trouble. Like, like he would come into games and be yanked out two minutes in. And if he can keep that under control, and that's a huge part of Jonathan Kaminga's game, which has really impressed me is defensively, he doesn't commit fouls. He's just a very smart player, and that's what's making so many people excited about him. Um, but that's probably what's going to happen, folks. Uh, this Warriors roster, you got to love it. It's probably what we're going to be going with. Um, I'm probably never mentioning Paul Millsap again just because the 76ers acquired him, and he's probably going to be playing with him. Um, now, here are all the trades that have happened today, all right? And... Uh, I'm just going to run through these real quick. There might be a couple more. I'm recording this is currently 1.20 p.m. Pacific time. So the Boston Celtics, uh, who wanted to get under the the luxury tax and save some money, uh, Dennis Schroeder was clearly not uh, somebody on that team who was making a positive impact. Um, He got traded to the Houston Rockets uh, for Thice, I think. Um, And really, that was just a decision that was made to save money. The Dallas Mavericks 
traded, and this is a, a semi big deal. They traded Kristap Porzingis. Uh, and let me share my screen actually here real quick so that you, you folks can actually see all this. And I also got the soundbite from Dieter's Twitter account of uh, Tim Legler, which is comedy. Um, they, they made a great deal. Kristap Porzingis is gone. He's now in the Washington Wizards. And they got back in return Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that's a great trade for the Mavericks. I, I, he gives them defense. Um, he's, he's solid offensively. Uh, and so Dallas just got better. They really did. Um, and here's, here's the clip of, of uh, Tim Legler talking about Kristaps Porzingis. I just had to play this for you real quick. You look at a guy like Chris Porzingis, I know he got nicknamed the unicorn because, you know, he's so unique, but he's also the unicorn because you hardly ever see him. He's, he, that's, that's the problem with Chris Porzingis. You know, he's a guy that just... He's... <laughs> so I hope you folks can hear that. Um, from my end, it looks it sounds like I'm having some audio difficulties, so I, I, I really hope you folks can all hear that. But, uh, yeah, the unicorn is gone. He's now a member of the Wizards. Um uh, the Charlotte Hornets made a deal. They acquired Wizards center Montrez Harrell. So the Wizards basically swapped out the unicorn, Kristaps uh, Porzingis, for Harrell. Um, and Charlotte also acquired, um, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Wizards acquired Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. Um, the Phoenix Suns, the one team with a better record than the Golden State Warriors, finalized a trade. They're, uh, they're reacquiring Torrey Craig, who was on the team last year, uh, for Jalen Smith, which is, was, was just a bungle of a first-round pick for the Suns especially when he could have gotten Halliburton. Uh, could, could you imagine that Suns team with Halliburton on there? Jesus. Um, so, uh, yeah, and, and those are some of the big trades today. Obviously, the Nets and um, and the 76ers made that big deal. Um, but the Warriors are standing pat. And I guess one thing Dub Nation could take incredible gleeful joy in <laughs> is the Lakers are so screwed. The L.A. Lakers are so done. I don't know if you folks remember the Lakers of like 2015, 16, 17, when they routinely finished years winning like 25 games. I think one of those years they, they won 17 games. They have one first round pick, I believe, over the next decade. And that's in 2027. It's five years from now. That's their only first round pick. They've given up everything for this squad right now this squad that i believe is four or five games under 500 who just lost to a portland trailblazers team that gave up every significant player <laughs> i i mean i heard the names and on that starting lineup for the trailblazers last night i honestly recognize i think one player and the lakers lost again and they're on making a trade of the deadline because they have no one to trade <laughs> No one wants Russell Westbrook and that 40-something million dollar contract. Taylor Horton Tucker is the only possible asset, but for 10 million a year, maybe five. Oh man, they are so screwed. And the <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dub Nation, I hope you love it. Um Yeah, they're about to enter some enter some very, very dark times. Uh <laughs> Now, the Warriors um, played the Knicks tonight at home. It is a weird back-to-back. They're in Utah last night. They came back home to play the Knicks tonight. A Knicks team that I believe is five games under 500 themselves. They're not even in the play-in right now. Julius Randle, you can clearly tell, is not happy. The Warriors are favored to win this game, courtesy of our, our longtime sponsor, Bet Online. 
They're favored to win by nine and a half. The OU is 218 and a half. Given what happened last night, Clay Thompson's coming back tonight. Um, and then Otto Porter Jr. is resting. But on a side note, I really do love that Clay, that Steve Kerr is playing it safe with both Clay Thompson, whose minute restriction has been increased to 30 now. Um, and he's also been playing it safe with Otto Porter Jr. Uh, and not playing them in back-to-backs. Great move. Um, again, the Warriors are playing the long game. Okay, When you're a dynasty, you learn a few things. One of them being the regular season, its entire value is playoff positioning. I mean, there, there's obviously second, secondary value in terms of developing team, team chemistry, uh, building skill sets, um, you know, instilling certain game uh, set plays and, and overall general systems, both offensively and defensively. But really, I mean, the whole purpose of the regular season is your playoff positioning. The entire goal is the championship. Um, and that's the long game the Warriors are playing right now. So kudos to Steve Kerr for for not pushing it with with Clay because I know Clay really wants to play, uh, and also for not pushing with Otto Porter Jr. because he is going to be a vitally important piece of the postseason puzzle. And what a great pickup he was. But what the Warriors are going to do with Bielitsa, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I don't know if he's going to play tonight. I don't have the latest report on that. Um, I, I don't, I think Andre Iguodala is still out. Draymond Green is going to be out until after the all-star break. Um, and again, Otto Porter Jr. is out tonight, um, because it's a back-to-back. So Steve Kerr, at least for now, is splitting up their time between Otto Porter Jr. and Clay Thompson. And, and I also want to quickly say something about the back-to-backs. I know they're a necessity in the NBA schedule just because there's only so many days, but, the NBA did something last year, which I'm shocked they didn't repeat this year. I mean, the play-in was a, was a success, so they're doing it again this year. But they did something last year, which was beautiful. And that was the play-in, I'm sorry, the back-to-back games that teams played last year for the first time ever, at least in my 37, eight years of watching basketball, the first time I've seen this, is last year they were the back-to-backs were against the same teams. And it would either be back-to-back at home. I, I think once in a while I saw a back-to-back where they took turns in terms of which uh, gym they were playing in, arena, whatever. Um, that, to me, was the only way you could really make the back-to-back system fair. Have the same teams play them twice. And I don't know why they didn't repeat that this year, but it, w- it would have been nice if we saw that repeated year after year as a permanent structure of the NBA because it's, it's the only equitable way of a back-to-back schedule is if you're playing the same team both nights because then both teams in the second night are more tired, right? They're dealing with the same conditions. Um, but nonetheless, the Warriors, again, are, are the second night of a back-to-back to play the Kings or the Knicks at home. And I just read you on the line. So tomorrow, Deedon Kurtbach is going to be with me. We'll be talking a lot more about all the trades. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more about the Warriors in general and whether or not the team that they have now uh, without making any changes to this roster is a championship team. In my humble opinion, it is if they're healthy, but a team like the Sixers gives me a little pause because I think Draymond Green can handle Embiid to a certain extent, but Joel Embiid is a fantastic player. Um, and I don't know who on the Warriors can guard him right now. That's going to be a problem if they play each other in the NBA finals, but uh, regardless, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Thank you, thank you so much for subscribing. You can follow me on Twitter at Docs or Show. You can follow this program on Twitter 
at Locked On Dubs. And um, you'll see me tomorrow with Dieter. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. And now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling, gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy, Analysis and Insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Take it easy, folks. Later.